Blog Talk Radio. Blessings, 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 good afternoon, good evening, good morning, wherever you are, whatever time of day it is that you are hearing the sound of my voice. This is Elder Coilette James welcoming you to the It's Real Radio talk show. We are so grateful to have you with us on today, and we, we have a great show planned for you, but in light of everything that's going on, and you may be hearing this in a, as a syndicated show or in the archive, but um, nevertheless, we are going to take a moment to just lift up the people of Texas uh, right now um, it, as this is being recorded live. The people in Houston and the San Antonio area and uh, Rockport and Galveston and all of the the Gulf Coast region of Texas has been hit by um, Hurricane Harvey and the torrential rainfall has caused an enormous amount of damage. Lives have been lost. Um, people are stranded. We've read during the course of the day-to-day where people are literally stranded in their attics because their homes are flooding, and um, and it's very difficult for emergency um, people and equipment to get to them. So we just want to take a moment right now to, to lift them up. Father God, we thank you and we praise you that you are Lord God Almighty. And beside you, there is no under, other. Father, you sit high, but you look low and you are concerned about your children. So we just pray safety and protection, Lord God, um, strength and courage for those, Lord God, that are being affected by Hurricane Harvey right now. Father, those that have lost loved ones, we pray that you would comfort them and, and sustain them and grant them your peace even in the midst of this situation. For those that have lost homes and 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 sentimental things and and businesses, Lord God. We pray your strength for them as well. Father, again, just wrap your arms of love and care and compassion around your children, Father. Those that are fighting for their lives right now, Father God, we pray that you would send relief Hallelujah, that the the emergency people and equipment can get to them in time, oh God. We just lift them up. For Father, hallelujah, we are just standing with our brothers and sisters because when one of us is devastated or going through issues, we are all in it together, for we are united and one in you. So just thank you, Father. Thank you for watching out for your babies, for your children. We know how we feel about our children, and we know that our love, pales in comparison to your love for your children. So we just ask that you would take care of them. Father, they have predicted rainfall for of another, even they've already experienced 20 inches and more of rain already, and they're predicting another 20 to 30 inches of rain as we go through this week. We are just asking, Father, that the rain would be halted, Father God. You are that one that can stop and calm the storm, Father. They have endured so much already. So we just ask, Father, that the rain clouds would be stopped up and pass on and that those flood waters would subside, Father, and bring relief 
to that region, and we give you praise for it in Jesus' name. We say it is so. Amen and amen. Thank you for standing with us. And and we just know that, you know, today may be Sunday and um, the onset of this um, devastation is fresh and new. Hurricane Harvey um, came ashore this past Friday night and rain just unbelievable with the high winds and the heavy rains has just wrecked so much havoc in that Texas region. But we know a God who is able. We know a God who is a keeper, a sustainer, and who can bring back and even better the things that um, people have lost in in, um, material things. For those of, of those that have lost loved ones and life has been lost, we know a God that is able to bring comfort and peace and sustain them in the midst of their sorrow as well. So, Lord, we just thank you. We thank you. We thank you. And and for my listeners, I thank you for standing with us. And please don't don't stop because the rebuilding um, takes time. And those that are walking through this devastation and this tragedy, um, it's going to take time for them to come out of it, to rebuild. It's going to take time for the floodwaters to subside. It's going to take time, hallelujah, for them to return back to some semblance of normalcy. So please, 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 please keep them in your hearts. Keep them in your prayers. Um, I'm asking in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, tonight... Our our topic is the art of honor, and we want to talk about what it really means to give honor to someone. Um, We hear it all the time. We know that um, Romans, the 13th chapter and the 7th verse, teaches us and tells us to give honor to whom honor is due. And we hear it all the time. We hear people get up making speeches and they say that, and especially in church, you know, they give honor unto God and, um, and, and, and award shows when they're receiving awards is the same thing. You know, they want to give honor unto God. They want to honor their spouses. They want to honor their children. They want to um, give all of these accolades But a lot of times those accolades that are being given is just lip service. If what they are saying is not backed up by their action and what they are doing, then that honor is short-lived because it's just lip service. As I'm saying this, there's a scene in a movie that comes to mind, and and, um, many of you probably have seen the movie, and it's called Diary of a Mad Black Woman. And the the movie opens up with um, a scene where the the principal, and I I don't remember her name at this point, but the wife, the husband and the wife are, are going to this awards banquet, and the husband, who is an attorney, is um, being honored and and getting an award for being man of the year, and you know, and the wife is sitting there. They're they're entering in together, and it looks like just a perfect couple. They they look like they're so in love, and the husband goes up to receive his award, and he's giving this phenomenal speech, and he's giving recognition to his wife, and you know how thankful he is that. She has stood by his side, and he wouldn't be the man he is without her, and yada, yada, yada. And then the next scene you see is them driving home and getting to the house and him asking her to get out of the car because he's got some place to go. And we know it, for those of you who have seen the movie, it's an old movie, so I don't think I'm a spoiler for anybody. The place that he wants to go to is to his mistress' house. And he tells the, tells the wife just to get out. She's like, you know, please don't do this, not tonight. You know, what what can I do for you? Tell me what I can do for you. And he's, he's like, do you really want to know what you can do for me? And she says, yes. He leans over, opens the car door, and says, get out of my car. And it's like, there is such um, a disparity in all of the accolades that he was giving her just in the movie minutes ago <laughs> um, 
just saying how, you know, how phenomenal she is and how his life wouldn't be the same without her. And then you fast forward a few moments and it's like, you know, there's no honor whatsoever. There's a complete dishonor. And he's even dishonoring his marriage vows by going to another woman's house after that same night, that same night after standing there and, and giving all these accolades. And to me, that is a perfect example, a perfect picture of what we do in so many instances in life where, you know, we stand and to quote, unquote, give honor, but giving it is simply lip service. It, there is nothing to back it up. So we want to talk tonight about what it really means to give honor. Uh, just to say something, that that means nothing. And, and I'm, I'm big on this. It's like, you know, don't, one, of, one, of, one of my sayings that I say quite often, don't blow smoke up my butt. In other words, you know, don't don't try and make me feel good by your words when your actions don't back them up. Don't tell me you love me and then talk to me crazy or treat me any kind of way or dishonor me, okay, because to me that's telling me you don't love me. You know, don't tell me that you're going to be there with me through thick and through thin and then it's soon as the first little ripple of trouble comes our way, you're out the door. That is a dishonor to what you said. And so for so many, we know in our, our country, not just our country, from heaven forbid, the world, the marriage vows today are, are taken so lightly, they mean nothing. See, and what I did my vows, and, and hear me now, because I'm not throwing shade on anybody, because I'm guilty. I went to divorce court, my dog on self. But when I did my vows, it said, until death do us part, through good, through bad, rich or poor, sickness, health, all of those different things. But they, and, and I stood for a while. <laughs> even on those, but after a while, it was like, you know what, hold up, I don't have to take this, but understand, my my thing was I was being dishonored, okay, and when there's infidelity in the equation, then I, my those vows had been dishonored, those vows to me weren't any good any longer, and that was a wrap, and so, yes, I did go to divorce court, however, now, this is what's really deep in my situation. Mine may be different than yours. However, when I made those vows, I didn't just make those vows to my husband. I made those vows unto God. You see, we, we got married at the justice of the peace, but then two months later we got married again in church by our pastor standing in an altar before witnesses and said those vows unto God. See, that, that made all the difference in the world. Hear me. That made all the difference in the world. When you vow a vow, the word of God tells you it's better to not vow a vow than to vow a vow and not keep it. So when I made those vows, I made it unto God. And even though I, in the natural and in the flesh, got to a place of, you know what, to me, those vows no longer had validity. They still have validity unto God. I'm saying this for a reason because I promise you this was not the route that I had planned for this show. It is still dealing with honor, but I, I, I didn't plan to go where I'm going with marriage. But somebody needs to hear this. I vow that vow to God. Even though I said it unto a man, I was vowing it unto God. See, I didn't get married until I got saved. My, my life was on a completely different path, a completely different trajectory until I gave myself to God, okay, until I yielded my members unto him, all right? So when I did say those vows, I meant them because it wasn't just a fleshly thing, it was a God thing. So two and a half years later, after I walked away and I went to divorce court, and see, this is, the, this is really the crazy part because it was my husband's infidelity that caused me to walk away, but my husband did not desire a divorce. My husband wanted to work at the marriage and to get it straight. My pride 
my arrogance, my thinking myself more than I ought probably said, oh, no, 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 I'm done. I'm done. See, but now here's here's the kicker, because prior to that, even when God released me to leave, remember this is, you guys, I don't know why I'm doing this, but I know somebody needs to hear this. In the word of God, he says that you can separate yourself for a time. Separating yourself for a time does not mean divorce. Just to separate yourself for a time so you can get your stuff together and your spouse can get themselves together and God can put this thing back where it needs to be, okay? The Lord gave me a release to separate myself from a time. But he told me the same, like, he told me I could leave, but 20 minutes later told me that same day, not 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 later, that same day, 20 minutes later, that I was going to have to take my husband back. You see, he was giving me a reprieve because he knew my emotions were at a state of, unsettledness. I, I was at a place where, yeah, there, there was no stability in my emotions at that time. And and sometimes God will allow you to walk away because you've got to get some stability in your life. You know, he will never, like, remember the word says that he will never allow you to be tempted into more than you can handle, but he will give you a way of an escape. See, I had gotten to a place where my nerves were unstable, my emotions were unstable, and so therefore I was having visions of doing bodily harm to my husband. That's not a good place to be. That was not a good place to be. So God was allowing me a period to get myself together. But that vow, he, he, he was serious about that vow that I had made. And even though we had to walk through some treacherous times, God was like, no, but you know you're going to have to take him back. And I was like, you know what, Lord, if you make me come back into this, and then it was like, what do you threaten God with? Because I knew the voice of God. I knew it was God talking to me. And all I could say was, I'll just cry. And his response was, it will not be the same. See, a lot of times we get ourselves into a place of dishonor because we do not hearken to the voice of God, because we do not allow God's rule and reign in our lives. And so we get ourselves place of dishonor. We entertain the, the, the voice of the enemy. We entertain the schemes of the enemy. We entertain the enemy's wicked devices. And that's not good. That's doing a disservice and a dishonor unto God. Now, I was going to church every Sunday, and I was lifting up my hands in praise and worship, but when I took that step and went to divorce court, that was a dishonor to God because he had already told me what was to be. He had already told me. He allowed me a time and a season of separation to, for, for him to work on me because, you know, I, hey, I'm not perfect. I was not perfect. I, I may not have been doing that particular thing, but that didn't make me perfect in the marriage. Understand that. So, you know, we, all, we always want to point the fingers and point blame on the other person. But I'm here to say that, you know, I was not perfect in the marriage either. There were things that I could have done better as well. Okay, being that fiercely independent woman that I was caused me to walk in certain areas that I probably shouldn't have walked in either. All right, so just understand, you know, if we're going to tell the story, we have to tell the whole story. And it can't just be I'm going to point my finger at you when I've got three other fingers pointing back at me. Okay, so I, I just want to clarify that. But when God told me what I was going to have to do for me to walk through and still divorce my husband meant that I dishonored my place in God, not necessarily dishonoring my husband, but remember I said my vow was unto God. Yeah, I said it to the man, but my vow was unto God. Don't forget that. So we want to look at what honor is. Oh, and by the way, yeah, 20 years later, God made us come back together. And, and it's been 23 years, and it's been all, you know, it's, 
I won't say it's been all good, but I thank and praise God we have not experienced anything that we experienced in that first marriage, and it has been all God. Let me put it like that. Okay, 23 years later, we are still walking this thing out, and God is yet showing himself mighty. And as he promised me, it has not been the same. So I I need to to put that out there as well. I put up a post um, I think it was a couple of days ago, and because God has just really been dealing with me about the art of honor, and some of the parts, I'll um, I'll read it to you. Let me just read it to you. It's a short little post. You know, I do kingdom and nuggets, and this was one of my nuggets. And it says, "We have perfected praise and worship, but I believe the time has come to perfect." the art of honor. Romans 13 and 7 tells us to give honor to whom honor is due. And for far too long, this has been done only in lip service. In other words, people feel that if they say something nice about someone, that they are honoring them. This is far from the truth and the essence of honor. True honor is not in what you say. It is in what you do. You honor your parents you honor your boss by doing the very best job you can. You honor your spiritual covering by assisting them in the vision God has given them. And most importantly, you honor God by the life you live. It is good that you gather in the corporate setting and sing praises to him and that you also worship him from deep within your heart. But If the life you are living is not according to his plan for you, you dishonor him. He created you with a divine purpose and destiny in mind for your life. If you are living life to only please yourself and those around you without regard to what pleases him, you dishonor him. It is time to renew your mind through the word of God, revive your spirit in the presence of God, and make a conscious decision to live your life according to the purpose of God. I believe that with all my heart. I really, really do. I believe that it is time out for us to be playing church and to be playing like we're giving honor. As I said in in that post, you you honor your spiritual covering by assisting them in the vision that God has given them. Now, understand, hear me, okay, just to come together on uh, what is it, Pastor Appreciation Sunday and give a little something-something and think you've done something, you have not honored them unless you have rolled up your sleeves, come alongside them, and put your hand to the plow with them. That is how you honor your spiritual covering. How do you honor your boss? By doing the very best job you can, by coming in and being there on time, by seeing your projects through. If you are given a project, own that thing. Do the very best you can. Give 150% of yourself to it. Treat it as if it was your own. Treat it as if it's your company and you're working for yourself. Okay, because in that, as you give honor to that job, as you give honor to that boss, God can bless you with your own. You see, you have to learn how to be under authority before God will trust you to be in authority because you will always have some kind of covering over you. No matter what it is you're doing, there's always going to be some type of covering over you and something that you are going to have to give heed to. Always remember that. Always remember that. You are not an island. You are not out there on your own, and it's not just about you. God has created you with purpose and destiny, and to reach that, to reach the greatness of the potential that is within you, you have to be a man or a woman of honor, a man or a woman of integrity, a virtuous man, a virtuous woman. Okay, let that virtue ooze out of you in all that you do. Don't just give lip service to your spouse. Love your spouse. Honor your spouse. Reverence your spouse. Okay, we we hear all the time about men and women and the right side of the brain, left side of the brain, and women are very emotional and men are very rational and all these different things that make up our different aspects. But some of the things that unite us and make us as one go hand in hand, giving honor to each other is one of the things that will make you one. 
okay? I have to honor my husband and give him that place of authority in my life. It's not easy for me. Let me just speak for me because I am so fiercely independent because I've always been that doer, you know, that go-getter. And sometimes I just don't feel like he's moving fast enough for me or he's not doing it the way I want to see it done. But I learned many years ago I have to sometimes just back up and say, okay, because I am that fast-paced mover, and he's more that laid-back person. God put us together as polar opposites to bring balance. So if I honor what God has given me, and I promise you he has given me a great man of God, I'm so grateful to have my husband. I'm so grateful for the gift that God has given me. I don't always, and so sometimes I have to take a step back and recognize and realize, okay, God, you put this man in my life for balance, for a reason. So I might be moving too headstrong into something. I might be moving too fast for something. It takes his spirit of balance, his spirit of, you know, not moving quite as fast as I would like to see him move for me to have. Take a step back, breathe slow down so I don't miss something. I had to learn to reverence and respect his take on things because, see, I I was, again, that headstrong person so that, you know, I just move forward and just keep it going and forget that, oh, wait a minute, he is a man of God as well, and I need to listen to him. I don't need to just just barrel down the road and not hear what he's saying because what he's saying is vital. See, we all have to take time to honor the gifts that God has given us in other people. We have to see the God in them. Why are they in our lives? And if we're going to, quote, unquote, honor them, then it's in action and not just words. <clears throat> I see my, my lovely co-host has, has joined the line and joined us, and I'm so glad to see her. How are you today, my dear, dear sister? Hey, beautiful. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Blessed. I am blessed. I'm blessed. Yes, I am. Yes, I am. So we talked about to honor and what it means to give honor to someone. So I've been running out that mouth for about thirty minutes now. I'm gonna let you jump in <laughs> and and no, you're share, fine, share your heart where it where it comes to to giving honor. You know, I I heard you say many a different things about honor, and um, what you're saying is correct. Honor is in so many different ways. Honor at work. Honor at what we do, honor in our relationships, honor everywhere. And I feel the same way you did. I think because I was so independent of who I was, it was hard for me when I got married to really honor my husband the way I was supposed to. And I think that not being married, I mean, being married a couple of times really helped me. And then after a while, you start seeking answers and asking God, how can you honor better? And what I'm saying and what I'm saying to that says, please forgive me because I was actually doing something. I'm sorry. But you know what? I love what you're saying about when you had to honor your husband. I had to do the same thing. And I had a problem of getting out the way because I was always used to making my own money. I was used to always being independent mm-hmm. of my own. But I didn't know how to step aside. And then the minute he says something to me, the first thing I was so quick to tell him is, this is my money. I make my own money. You make mm-hmm. your own money. You do what you have to do. But this time when I got mm-hmm. married, it was a lot different. And I'm telling you why it was different, because I know it was nobody but God that, that was speaking to me every single time, letting me know that I was out of mm-hmm. line, letting me know what I had to do. And I had to start praying that prayer. You know, I read the book, The Power of a Praying. Uh, the, it was so powerful to me, because what she said in the beginning of the book was, man, this whole time I'm praying for my husband, and God told me I had to turn that prayer around and pray for myself. And see, that's mm-hmm. what I had to start doing. I had to pray for myself because I had been independent for so long. I was scared. And I think that that's what happens a lot of times, even with fear. See, what people don't even realize, you know, on my job, I got a new position. But the thing about the position is I still have people above me that I still have to honor. Mm-hmm. And, I, mm-hmm. and I'm older than them. I'm very much older than them. 
So when you're talking about you have a boss that's 23 and I'm 53 and she's telling you to do something and sometimes it doesn't come out completely right, then I've had to learn how to take a back step, close my mouth, Father, in the name of mm. Jesus, help me, word my mouth, mm-hmm. and I'll go, whatever you need mm-hmm. me to do, Miss Brittany, I'm here for you. Mm-hmm. See, it comes in many mm-hmm. different levels. And, and you know, yes. I think that honor as well, too. You know, I'm, I'm at a job, you know, at Sam's Club. You can do anything in that place if you want to, if you knew how. But honor is doing the right thing. Honor is if you see some candy open, no matter how much you want that candy, you know what I'm saying? You're going to leave that candy alone. You're not going to take one piece. You're not going to even take a morsel because that's honor. And it's about mm-hmm. because I stand for Christ, for Christ I live in the name of Jesus, for Christ I die, then I have to honor him in everything. Because what other people can't see behind closed doors, he can. So I think that that's very powerful that you said about honor because honor runs in so many different ways to me. Mm-hmm. And- said just struck something inside of me as well because when we talk about honoring our spiritual covering and and sometimes your spiritual covering is younger than you and it, that's in in numbers you know what I'm saying but they may be yep. much wiser than you and much older than you in the spirit yep hello Hello, sir. You know. Hello. Yes, hello. Can uh-huh. you hear me? I can hear you. Okay. You're kind of breaking so up can... a little bit. Oh, I'm sorry. Can you hear me now? I can. Beautiful. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, like for 29 years, he's been my spiritual covering. I had to recognize when I first came into the the kingdom that you know this man was wise beyond his years when it came to the things of the spirit. I didn't have that wisdom because I didn't walk in that. You know, I, I I was when I came in, it was like being a true babe in the Lord. I was a baby. It was like it was easy to teach me because I the the background that I had, I had renounced. So growing up in Catholicism and what they did didn't make sense to me. So I had just kind of put up these like blinders and said, no, no, that that it, it just doesn't work for me. It doesn't make sense to me. So when I came in, I came in with a hunger and a thirst to know the Lord. So I had to reverence this man. And I can remember just, again, with my personality and that strong will, there had to be times when he had to correct me. And I had to be humble enough to receive correction from this man who was younger than I am. Now, his mother, his mother who became my spiritual mom, that was different because she was older and and definitely much wiser, and it would have been, it was easy for her to correct me. But even in that, because of my personality, see, sometimes we can be our own worst enemy, and so we get into this, no, you can't tell me anything, modem, and we dishonor our relationships that God has given us. Kingdom connections, kingdom relationships are vital. They're vital to our reaching our destiny. They're vital to our sustaining what God has created us for. And until we can get into a place to reverence that and really understand that, then we not only dishonor what God has given us, the gifts that he has given us, we dishonor God. We dishonor God because he has placed these people in our lives for strategic reasons. Some of them are there for life. Some of them are only there for a season. But whatever that is, we have to learn to honor kingdom connections and kingdom relationships. Relationships are key. Think about it. Christ did not come to start a new religion. Christ came to reconcile us back to the Father, to reconcile us back into a relationship. God deals in relationships. Okay, he deals in relationships. So we have to get to that place of understanding the power that's in those relationships and honor 
those relationships. It, it's not just between husbands and wives. It's parents and children. If I'm not honoring the relationship of my mother or my father, then I am doing a disservice. does not mean they're perfect human beings because no such individual exists save Jesus. Okay, they're not perfect. Amen. They've made mistakes just as you have in your role as a parent. We've all made mistakes, but we yet honor the vessel that God used. You see, I had to get to a place where I think about I give honor to biological parents that I don't even know. But I yet give honor, I especially give honor to my my biological mother because she walked this thing out and suffered under ridicule to bring me into this world. She did that. Now, for a long time, I didn't give any reverence to who I call my sperm donor. That's just my name for him because he was not a father. He just implanted his seed into my mother, and she brought forth. He didn't support her. He left her, you know what I'm saying, to walk through this thing to, alone. However, I had to get to a place where I turned that bitterness toward him around and had to stop and think, okay, Daddy, Daddy God, right, that you could have been anybody you wanted to to deposit that seed into my mother for it to incubate and become me. This was who you chose. Man, now, whether he stepped up to the plate and did what he was supposed to do for me or for her is inconsequential. That was the seed that you chose, Father God, to bring me into fruition. That's so why am I going to waste my time in life allowing bitterness and hatred of him cause me to miss the blessing of my being? Because without that seed, I wouldn't be here. Think about it, girl. I mean, that's real. When you break no, that thing powerful. all the way down, it's like, oh, wow. <laughs> you know? Powerful. That's, so you I know what? To, that is, wow, that's powerful. Wow. It's true. It's true. Yeah, that's, that's deep. So true. I had to renounce and, and let go of the bitterness and the probably the deep-seated hatred that I had for him because of what he subjected my mother to go through and his, me having to be put up for adoption. This was all part of God's plan. He just wanted his seed. Whatever that DNA is that, that went through him, God used it to create me. Okay. So, hey, you did what you were created to do. You, you, you planted that seed so that I could come forth, <laughs> and your job wow. was done. You know, some of us have the task and the job to rear our children, to see them come into being men and women of God and to, to impart in there. His only job in my life and his only task where I was concerned was to plant the seed. That was it. That was it. That's powerful. And he was done. He was done. My mother, my biological mother, her job was to carry me, allow me to incubate in her, and come into fruition into this earth realm. She did her job, and she was done. And then God strategically chose another man and another woman to sow into my life to rear me up to be who I am today. So we have to get to that place where we can honor people even in their dishonor. If we walk with God, if we walk with God, we will learn to understand that it does not always flow the way we think our lives should flow. There's always going to be difference, just just. So many differences of what we think and how we think it should go compared to the flow of God in our lives. There's always going to be huge differences in that. But we honor God with our lives when we allow whatever he chose to bring us through. And And please hear me, people. Please hear me. I'm not saying that God has chosen hardship to bring you through, but I will tell you this. And I I wrote a a post about this last week, I believe it was, 
there, there's always going to be that gestation time. That gestation time is that time when you have been planted. See, for a man, he plants a seed in a woman, and that gestation time is normally nine months where that baby is in darkness, total darkness, and that baby grows. Or if you go to a store and you buy a seed and you put a seed in the ground, that seed is buried in the ground in darkness for that gestation time for before it springs up takes root and springs up and grows. So there are things that may have catapulted you into a dark period, not necessarily because God wanted you to go through that, but in the midst of you going through that, God will use that very thing that to, to root you in him and cause this great elm or oak tree to come up and grow up from within you because of that gestation time, because of that dark time. So I'm not saying that God wanted you to go through your dark time, but he will use it. He will use it as long as you allow him to be honored by your life, by your life, because it is your very life that will give honor to God. Go ahead, sis. You know what? I love everything that you just said just a minute ago um, about honoring and, and, and there wasn't, um, you had to honor your father, even though he caused great grief on your mother. That's really powerful to say, sis, because I feel like a lot of people need to know that. You know, my husband and I were talking last night, you know, and um, and we were just talking about several conversations. And what I had to say to him, see, what you got to understand is I honor you as my husband because I honor God first. And I don't, mm-hmm. I, even though, because I'm at work and, I, and I, the way I work, sis, I can't wear my wedding ring. I could probably wear a band, but um, the band that I have, you know, has diamonds or whatever. And the reason why I'm bringing that up is because mm-hmm. I don't wear a ring. So, yes, I sometimes have different men come up to me and go, wow, are you married? And I have to say I'm double married. You double married. I'm married mm-hmm. to God first, mm-hmm. and then I'm married to my husband. See, because I honor God Hallelujah. first, and therefore I honor my husband. So I don't, you know, I used Amen. to be one of those kind of people that said, I need a three-carat diamond ring on my finger. Because that's what I need mm-hmm. on my finger to show that you 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 found value in me, and he got me wow. my ring, and I can't even wear it. So that taught me a lot of mm-hmm. things too. Even though it's not a ring on that finger, I know that I'm very married. And even though I might not like yeah. him sometimes, I might get mad at him sometimes, but he's still my husband. And I and I love what you mm-hmm. said, sis, because I thought because the way. Christ raised me up when we got saved and, and we had Mother Atkinson and my grandmother and different people in our lives, uh, Pastor Atkinson. Mm-hmm. So we were imparted and bred it spiritually right. And um, mm-hmm. where I feel like some people aren't, but we were blessed. I felt like we were spiritually bred it right. So when mm-hmm. I met my husband, because he was a little bit quieter and because he didn't really, you know, he wasn't really into church that much. And, and you got to hear me, he was into church, but at the time he had something that tragically happened to him, he lost his wife. So therefore, that's what happened to him there. But at first, I remember, I'm not, you know, I'm just being honest. I'm going to put myself out there like that. I thought, oh, my God, Lord, you didn't send me with this man. He don't even hardly know about you, you know, and I, and I thought mm-hmm. that. And I remember one day telling my husband, you don't even pray. And you know what my husband said to me? Just because you don't see me pray, that doesn't mean I don't pray. And just because maybe wow. for, somehow for some reason you feel like you know Christ more than I do, I have a relationship with him, and I know that he talks to me. Mm-hmm. I had to have my mouth mm-hmm. hanging open and say, you know what, you have to really forgive me because I didn't come at you right, and I didn't honor you right with that. See, the, you know, the word mm-hmm. of God tells you how, how, do you how do you draw them? With loving kindness do I draw them. So I'm right. telling people out That's there, right. period. See, I may not, I tell people this all the time. And I heard my pastor down here say this. You, you don't have to like who's in the White House. You don't, have to, you don't have to bow down to that God. But you have to honor the position. See, I didn't, I didn't yeah. get that at first. See, I, I, you know, I, I, I have a boss. I have a boss. She's still younger than me, but she's very boisterous and everything like how I was when I was young. So this was deep mm-hmm. for me. You know what, Jane? Let me tell you something, blah, blah, blah. And I remember a couple, several times I want to say, hold up a minute. I'm old enough to be your mother. Let me tell you something. And then finally, I literally mm. heard the Holy Spirit say, you may not have to care for her as much, but you're going to honor her position. 
Because, see, you mm. want to be in the same position one day, and you're going to want somebody right, else to honor right. you. That's Amen. what I tell people all the time. You know, you have, when you honor people, you don't know where God is taking you. It may not feel right, right at that moment, but you, when you honor that, I truly believe that God sits up high, sits, and he looks down low. And I truly believe yes. he accounts for, for everything. So, yes. you know, I tell people all the time, it's about honoring people in everything you do. I know people go, how do you do mm-hmm. that? Blah, 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 blah. But let me just say something to you. When, I, and when, I, when I'm at work, I stand for Christ, and I honor him. So, therefore, when I don't feel like it sometimes, I press past this flesh, and I allow the Holy Spirit to radiate through me so I can be able to put on that smile because I'm standing for Jesus. See, I don't want to be one of those mm. kind of people that say I'm standing for Jesus, and every time you see me, I'm mad at everything, and I'm peeved. Mm-hmm. See, that's not honoring God. That's not honoring Amen. his word. Because if you read his word, and you walk, and you walk in that, he's going to give you everything you you need, equipped you with everything you need to make sure that when you honor him, his word goes yeah. forthright. Yes. So that's what yes. I'm trying to tell people all the time. See, I see people all the time fussing and cussing and going to church and say, thank you, Jesus, and hallelujah. There's, a, mm-hmm. uh, there's something off balance there. Because there's yeah, absolutely. nobody's not getting honored correctly or properly. Mm-hmm. And you need to reevaluate mm-hmm. yourself again. So that's what I tell people. No, I'm not perfect. No, I get upset. Yes, I cry. I get mad. But when I go out there and sit now, thank you, Jesus. As for maturity, thank you, Jesus, for maturity, because I was not always this way. I realized that. But the more I matured in Christ, I had to realize something. When I'm out there, I stand for him. I used to be out in the world, and I'm sure whoever listened to the radio, they knew that. But, and I used to dress provocative ways. But now, this time in Christ, I realize I'm honoring him. So when I go out, mm-hmm. it makes me feel uncomfortable mm-hmm. if my girls are showing it makes mm-hmm. me feel uncomfortable when mm-hmm. certain things or a dress is too short when I'm going to church. Yep. It makes me feel yep. uncomfortable when I go to church mm-hmm. and I don't have a slip up underneath my dress. I feel like whatever I do, I'm honoring God in everything I do. How I dress, how I, how I go out there and perceive myself. And you know what's such, such a blessing? I'm going to cut it short right here. I love, I, had a, I have to tell you this story, sis, and, and this was so powerful. I had a, a, about a month and a half ago, I had two members come through my line. I was ringing up. I was, I was a cash, you know, I'm a cashier, but I ring up too. I'm a supervisor. And they came through my line. Mm-hmm. And I heard the Holy Spirit say, tell him, can I pray for you? And I said to him, do you mind if I pray for you? And he looked at me so strange. And, 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 it, and I'm, let me just say this. It was a white couple. Not that that matters. But you're talking about a black woman saying to a white man, can I pray for you? And this man looked at me, and you know what he said to me? His eyes, and he said, would you pray for me? He said, please pray for me. And I did. And he said, what you didn't know is right now, I'm going to go in. I have to have a hip surgery. And I was really bothered by that. And you asked me, can you pray for me? And I'm so grateful because I feel so comfortable that I have to know that whatever way it works out, I thank God, and I give God honor and praise. That's what he said to me. Well, his wife just came in today, and she said, remember me? I said, yes, ma'am. And she grabbed me, sis. And you know what she said to me? You remember me and my husband came to your line. You asked my husband, can you pray for him? And we didn't even know you. I said, yes, ma'am. She said, my husband passed away. I said, oh my God, I'm sorry to hear that. No. Let me tell you what she said to me, though. She said, when we were walking away and we got in the car, my husband said, do you know her? She said, no. That's my first time seeing her. He said, it's something special about her. I can tell that she loves the Lord and she honors God. And that woman said to me, because you prayed for me, she said, well, my husband, she said, was in the hospital. You know what he said? I thank God that that woman prayed for me because now I know in my heart, if God choose to keep me, I'm going to praise him. If he choose to take me, I'm going to praise him. So what I'm trying to tell somebody out there is whatever you do, Honor God to the fullest. Yes. Honor Him, stand yes. for Him, yes. being obedient before Him. Because mm-hmm. you know, there's so many different areas that I love that you just said about honor. When I when you said we're going to talk about honor, I thought, wow, 
that blew me back. Because I'm so grateful mm. for that. I'm so grateful for the word. Just like if you're in the Army or the military, you honor that rank. You do mm-hmm. as the Army tell you, mm-hmm. you do as the Marines tell you to do. You do as the Air Force tell you to do. Mm-hmm. And just, just mm-hmm. if you're in a relationship and it's a boyfriend-girlfriend, guess what? If your girlfriend tell you she don't eat shrimp and she only eats steak and you love her, guess what you're going to do? You're going to take her to go get steak and no steak. steak. Wow. Because That's you right. honor her. That's right. So why That's can't right. we do the same for Christ? And why can't we do the same for mm. people that we don't even know? Wow. And that's why I want to end that on that. Wow. So. Awesome. That is an awesome testimony. That speaks volumes to what this is about with honoring God with your very life. You just have no idea. We we talk about this all the time, Tanya, and you know that on the on the broadcast, how your life affects so many other people, and you have no idea what effect you have on other people's lives until something like that happens. Now, it was like when you said he passed away, it was like, oh, my God. But then to hear the peace he had when he transcended because you allowed your life to honor God. You didn't say when God said to ask this man to pray for him, you didn't say, oh, my God, I'm at work. I can't do that. And, you know, I can't mention your name, Father, and all of that. See, trust me. When I tell you, you go on your job to do your job, you go on your job to do your job. It shouldn't be that, you know, they're calling you in the office because you're so busy evangelizing that you're not doing your job. That That is a dishonor and a disservice to your job, okay, or to your Amen. boss. But in the Amen. midst of doing your job, if God gives you a directive, he will give you an arena and a way to carry out that directive that will not impede your job. Amen. So hear me. Amen. Be, be mindful, be obedient, cause you to do something, even on Amen. your job. You know, because your life affects all those around you. There is a purpose for your being. You know, we forget that, Dan. We don't take we, we 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 don't put stock in the relationship with God that we really, really that's how we miss it. And so therefore we dishonor them. You said you said something very powerful. You said that, you know, you needed a three carat ring so your husband could show you that he honored and reverenced you as his wife. However, where the place that God has you now, it's like, you know what, ring or no ring on my finger, I know I have a husband, and I'm going to honor that man by not allowing another man to come in my presence and dishonor him. So you stop them. You stop them before they ever get started. Yes. Yes, sir. You know? Yes. It's it's that's that's powerful. That's very powerful, and that's what we have to learn. Honor is not lip service. Honor is in what you do. What you do? How do you live your life? Are you the same person behind closed doors as you are on Sunday morning in front of the pastor? Or do your children look at you and be like, "Who is this mass woman here?" Because Five, six days a week, actually seven days a week, they cussing people out, but they get in church and all of a sudden their mouth is supposed to be so holy and they're singing praises to God. But as soon as we leave here and get back to the house, they cussing somebody else out. That's a dishonor. That's a disservice because you are to rear those children in the ammunition of God, that they would reverence God, that they would see the difference that God makes in your life. If the only difference that they are seeing is for that hour and a half, two hours that you're in the church house and the rest of the time you live in like a heathen, then what is that? You're teaching them to be a hypocrite. You're not honoring the role that God has given you as their parents. So we tell Amen. our children, no, you honor me by being obedient unto me. Well, how do you honor your child? Because that's a relationship that God has blessed you with. And the same way you want them to honor you, you have a right and a, a mandate to honor them. Amen. To honor Amen. them. How do you do that? Amen. Amen. You know? Amen. 
I promise you. Amen. Since I laid in bed yesterday morning, this is the honest to God truth, and my neighbor, it was coming through the wall. I've never seen them, never met them, don't know them. But I listened to this woman light into her daughter, repeat the same thing over and over again, cursing like a sailor. And, and the bottom line was she was ticked off because the daughter did not reverence or did not give honor to her in a phone call that she had with some boy. And the woman was wow. just going off, 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 off. And I could call you this, and I could call you that, and I could say this about you. And, I mean, this went on probably for about 30 minutes I laid there. And I thought to myself, Lord, I feel so bad for that child. And I, obviously the child is a grown woman from what I could hear from a conversation. But the way, And probably young, probably early 20s or whatever, but the way the mother was attacking her. And I'm thinking, you just mad because she didn't honor you in that phone conversation? But how are you dishonoring her right now? That's right powerful. Now. That's powerful, sis. And you know what? And I and I want to tell a lot of mothers and stuff, and fathers as well, because it's something that I had to learn. So I'm only going by what I had to learn. I remember one time, um, I was that's after I came out of the world, trying to get myself back on track, and um, my youngest daughter was two years old. You got to hear this. So at the time, I, you know, how they used to put their shirts up to show your midriff, bury your stomach, and tie it in the back. Mm-hmm. And I had my boobs all mm-hmm. pushed up. You got to hear that. I wasn't even paying attention. So I'm getting ready to leave out, and I see my two-year-old and went in the bathroom and found a rubber band and tied her shirt up and, mm-hmm. and, and had her little midriff showing. And i never forget this, sis, out of the mouths of babes. I said to her, where do you think you're going? And she, she looked at me and said, where do you think you're going? And I remember that hit me so hard because I want to tell mothers and fathers something, and you're right, and I'm still the same way, and we never stop learning. Yes, there are kids, and they're supposed to pay attention to us and be obedient to us, but what examples are we showing them in their eyes? Yes. Yes. Because what I realized is, see, I didn't want to just change my dressing more. One was for Jesus, but I also knew that I was a mother, and as a mother, I didn't want I didn't want my children or my daughters to be betrayed in that way. So the Mm -hmm. prayer for anything was about me changing as an individual, as a mother, so I can be a better example Mm -hmm. for my daughter so that Mm -hmm. they can be able to have a foundation to stand on. That's what's important. Mm -hmm. It's key. It's vital. And our children live by example. What examples are we giving them? You know, we are, again, we, we, we get this, this relationship thing so twisted, and we get so caught up in being, in being all about us and how are you treating me. But you've got to flip that coin and say, well, how are you treating them? See, I've always been reactive. So I'm going to treat you according to how you treat me, and that's wrong. That's totally wrong. I need to treat you how I want you to treat me, not how you're treating me, but how I want you to treat me, okay? Do unto others as as you would have them do unto you, okay? They may not be treating you that way, but nevertheless, you are that example in their lives. So you're going to treat them with reverence and respect whether they do it back to you or not because you're that walking example. See, some of some people, and we hear this all the time, you're going to be the only epistle they'll ever read. You're going to be the only Jesus that they ever meet. They're going to meet the God in you, and they will judge him by how you portray him. They will judge yeah. God by how you portray him. That's, so that's, that's, if you're that's not powerful. honoring him with your very life, if you're not living a life that brings glory to him, he's called you his glory bearers. If you're not truly bearing his glory, then you're dishonoring him. Well, we've come down to the end of the show. This has been good. This has been really, really yeah, good. I'll let you, Thank um, you for close that. out and, and we'll be done. But this has been good. Go ahead, sis. I just want to tell everybody I love you. And, again, everything is just a process. And it's a day-by-day task. And we don't, we don't, our spiritual perfection doesn't come at one time, at one moment. It's a process of growth and growing in Christ. So don't give up. 
if you if you do make a mistake, get back up. It's not how you fall down, but how fast you get back up. And I hope everybody stays encouraged mm. in Jesus' name. Mm. Amen, amen, amen. Well, I thank you all for tuning in. I pray that this has been a blessing to you. And if so, share it. Share it with others. Tell them to come on, listen to the archive show. This has been just, you know, we pour out our hearts on these shows. We just, we're just real people. You know, we don't claim to be any more than what God has called us to be, seriously. Um, we're real. Amen. We're very transparent, as all of you know. Um, because we believe that you can all learn from our mistakes as well Amen. as we get it right. It's not just Amen. the testimony that you learn from. If you can take the heart when we mess up and we share it, then it teaches you what not to do. Okay. Amen. So God bless Amen. you all. I pray you have a blessed, blessed week in the Lord, and we will get with you again next weekend. Please continue to pray for our brothers and sisters in Texas. They need your prayers. It's going to be a long Amen. haul for them to get back to some semblance of of normality. So please, please, please keep them in your prayers in Jesus' in name. In Jesus' name. Love you, sis. I love you, beautiful. Talk to you later. Bye, honey. Let's keep it real.